Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West. As we get ready for an LSU-Florida matchup that, you know, maybe took a little bit of hit in ratings, per se, after both teams coming off a loss. But, Glenn, it's going to be another night game in Death Valley, which I was, you know, we were talking about before we started. We might be blessed with a full slate of night games in Death Valley to end the season. Georgia State going to be a, a night game, I believe, 7 p.m. kickoff local time. And then you have to figure A&M might be one as well. But, man, it's going to be nice to spend the nice last three weeks uh, at home in our own beds. And I know the players are excited about that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's great for us writers to have all these stories that are going to be posted at 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure that will get lots of <laughs> lots of views. So it's it's great for us. But, you know, it's 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 even better for the fans, of course. And, uh, you know, Saturday nights in Death Valley are certainly a, an experience, a very unique experience all on their own. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good – should be a good, fun matchup um, and fun kind of last three weeks here, especially now with, you know, with some of these, you know, season-long hopes that are – dash and i'm sure we'll get into that more uh here in the next couple minutes but uh now you get a really good chance to look at what you got um in, yeah. in terms of culture in terms of just how you uh, kind of bounce back in, in terms and the mindset of this group uh and because it's this is all stuff that brian kelly's been preaching from from the very beginning that he really wants this program to be built on and uh, that's going to be tested in a very different way here over the next three weeks Man, you uh, had a nice little transition here as we talk about kind of avoiding that hangover that has plagued LSU in you know recent years when they're kind of out of it. And a lot of teams across the country, it's hard to keep up that same intensity. I do agree with you, Glenn. I think we're going to learn a lot about the culture, the foundation that's being set You know, just two years into Brian Kelly's tenure. I know you've been around and you've seen some of those hangover games. Uh, how do you feel like this team is structured to handle that? And taking away from what Kelly said earlier this week, and then obviously the players on Tuesday, uh, how do you feel like the maybe the mood inside the locker room is? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll have to just kind of wait and see. I, you know, I, I I do think that part of this is going to be about the, I mean, at least in the short term, the health of Jaden Daniels and just kind of what that looks like for uh, for LSU. I mean, they, I mean, so much of this team has been him putting them on his back, and like when you take that equation out of. Uh, out of this game potentially, then that is absolutely going to be something to monitor here over the next uh, several hours, several days. Um, by the time most people are watching this, we'll probably have a good indication of whether or not Jaden's going to be able to to play or just what that uh, situation looks like after uh, Thursday's press conference with Brian Kelly. So, um, yeah, I, I think just in, total, in terms of just total mood in the locker room, you know, we, we talked with a couple of players this week and, uh, obviously spoke with BK some as well. And uh, you know, they, 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 they still, they still have stuff to play for. I mean, that, that was one of the bigger takeaways I had from Garrett Dellinger is that even though they have three losses and that some of the, uh, you know, season long goals for this group are, are kind of out the window, uh, they're still individual goals that they can achieve. They, you know, they still want to put good film out there for, for NFL teams, for, um, you know, just for, for people that are watching, you know, it, it's it's going to be important for these last three weeks not to just kind of, you know, fold in the towel and 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 kind of just punt on these last three games. You know, you, you've got to actually you've got to you know continue to play well, uh, continue to show that you're a, a team that's on the rise. And you know, one of the things that Brian Kelly said earlier this week is that you know, ten win season back to back ten win seasons are still within reach with this group. Um, and while that may not be the ultimate ultimate goal that this, this program wants to have in terms of competing for championships year in year out um that is steady consistency in terms of what mm -hmm. you're doing and i think for 
uh, program that's still kind of in its, I wouldn't say infancy, but it's in its toddler phases, uh, young, yeah, yeah. young kid phases of being rebuilt here. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's something that you can build on is, is back to back double digit win seasons. Um, you know, I don't think that, you know, th- there's going to be an element, I think of disappointment with this year that naturally comes, you know, just because of how great the offense has looked for the last two months. Um, but you know, they're, they're, it's just, it kind of is what it is right now. The defense is way behind the offense. They've got to do some really great work, uh, in this off season to kind of replenish that group again. Uh, I think the one thing that I've kind of, you know, I think that you, you kind of notice in terms of the biggest difference on both sides of the ball and something that I wrote about earlier this week is offense has some continuity and the defense has very little continuity in terms of returning players from year over year. Um, you know, the, the offense obviously has its quarterback. It has its lead mm-hmm. receivers, its offensive line, its coaching staff. Everybody's coming back. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you've got most of your coaches back. Uh, obviously, the defensive line situation has been well chronicled at this point, but um, but you don't really have a whole bunch of returning starters from that group a year ago, and I think that's going to be another problem that um, LSU's going to have to really face this year because I don't know how many of those guys uh, from this year's roster will be back next year. Um, I think that there's uh, certainly a couple foundational pieces that you hope to get back and that you can continue to build on. Uh, but this is going to be a, a retooling situation, I think, again, this offseason. And um, that's a really, really tough place to start you know, in terms of where uh, you want to get this defense ultimately. I think having three years in a row of just kind of a revolving door of personnel uh, is not going to be exactly the, the the model that LSU wants to follow. They want to get some guys in here that are sticking around for two, three years at a time. And uh, they're still in that phase right now defensively of where that's just not necessarily the case. Yeah, you know, that was the hope, obviously, coming into this this season. And one thing that BK talked about, I guess, earlier this year was that he didn't necessarily – you know, there's a reason he didn't go out and get, you know, one-year guys left to play this season. He wanted it. And, look, it just hasn't worked out, whether it's been maybe some missed evaluations, whether it's been – uh, you know, just the inability to stay on the field that doesn't involve, you know, physical ailments uh, that have necessarily, I mean, it's just been a lot of different things. It's crazy. It's missed, all gone wrong. They missed on some some really key spots. I mean, the, the one spot yeah. that they absolutely couldn't miss on this offseason was cornerback secondary. Um, and right now you're at a position where all four of your cornerback transfers aren't playing for you at this point in the year. And that's, that's just really tough. I mean, you, you've got to be able to do a little bit of a better job of finding the right pieces next year hoping those guys can stick around. Um, you know, we'll see kind of what happens with the whole Denver Harris situation. I think if there's one guy uh, that, you know, could probably be useful in terms of coming back next year as one of these transfers, it would be him. But I just, you know, I don't know that there's a whole lot of confidence that, you know, that will happen. I mean, we'll see, but um, you know, I think you're going to be having a, another conversation here about just what else she's going to do in the portal at, in the secondary. And, and once this regular season wraps up and um, you know, JK Johnson's another guy that uh, hasn't played all season, but you know, I think has a lot of long-term potential that they really like. And so getting him back in the fold and, and, and healthy will be really, really important. But yeah, like you mentioned, it's, it's an, it's, it's absolutely critical that they get some of these players in that are going to be around. that are going to be, foundational pieces of their defense for the next couple of years, because I do think they have a couple that are, are 
that have that potential. Whit Weeks, Deshaun Womack. Um, you know, you, I, I would, I would, I would still throw in Mason Smith. I know it hasn't been a great year for Mason this year, but I, I think you could probably safely say he should be probably back next year. I mean, I, I would be a little bit surprised if he decides to leave after the, the season that he's had this year. But um, you know, there, there's still some some core pieces here. Harold Perkins, you'll have back next year, so. Um, you know, that, that'll be very, very interesting to see just kind of what guys they can fit around them and guys that they can not only fit around the pieces next year, but that will be around for the next couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. I think that's something that is you got to build continuity. And one thing that I take away, Glenn, and this is obviously before I even, you know, made the move over here was I'll never forget watching the Texas Bowl against Kansas State uh, back in 2021 and seeing just a lack of players, like lack of scholarship players that LSU had. And I think this is one thing that you and I kind of hinted at in our instant reaction video at that awkward angle in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. But it, when you take the 30,000-foot view, yes, this is it's, it's going the right direction. Like, yes, back-to-back 10-win seasons are – I think the frustration, the disappointment, which is well warranted, is the fact that, you know, and, and Kelly was asked this on Monday, and, and I understand he can't answer it, but but I'll answer it for him. I think, yes, the, what Jaden Daniels has done did accelerate expectations for this season, and I think it's okay for the fans to be frustrated. You can understand that you're still on the right track, but be disappointed with how this year has turned out. Kind of your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I, I, I think probably one of the first things I said here on this pod was like, uh, the offense and how great the offense was, there was going to be a layer of disappointment that comes with this season mm-hmm. at three losses at this point. I mean, um, Jaden was Jaden has been fantastic. He's been every everything you've hoped for in terms of his development. I think it's been uh, really great for this you know offensive staff to to continue to see that development from not only him but guys like Brian Thomas has really broken onto the scene this year. Logan Diggs has had a very nice season. Uh, Malik Neighbors has gotten even better from last year. Uh, he's getting in the end zone uh, a lot more than he did last year. So, like they they're they're seeing some notable progress. I think probably the one, um, you know, the offensive lines look really good. I think probably the one, uh, the one group that you kind of thought might take that next step. The one guy is Mason Taylor. He seems like he's been battling some injuries this year, and he's kind of not. I wouldn't say he's. He's underperformed, but he's kind of, kind of just plateaued. He's kind of like in the, yeah. the same level that he was at maybe last year, and um, they just haven't been able to get him as as involved as I hoped that they would. Um, but, you know, it's still very, very positive trajectory for that room going forward, and really for all of these rooms, uh, when you look at just kind of the young pieces and some of the, uh, the core guys that they're going to have back next year. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you know, expectations are are – are high at LSU every year. And you know, Brian Kelly hasn't really shied away from, you know, taking the, taking the hits this season in terms of just, you know, what the, the year two outlook was supposed to be and just kind of what it's, what it's wound up becoming. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's some stuff that this program needs to continue to go uh, do better. But uh, I think that, you know, if you look at two years here into it, um, over, overall, it's a very, positive start to this tenure i mean like i think it's it's very hard especially in college football to have a quick turnaround in a, of a football program in one two three years um you know it, it just it's it's something that takes time especially in today's age where nil and the transfer portal and all that stuff is is very very real and very you know and can 
over overhaul your roster year in and year out. It's still something I think a lot of these coaching staffs are navigating across the country. And, um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see kind of how LSU looks in, in, in year three. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, it, 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 the, the, the over, overwhelming takeaway here is that there's there's still some stuff that you can build on to improve, but there's a good foundation in place. Uh, and I think some some really foundation mean, core pieces that you can really build around. Let's take a look at this week's game. Obviously, the biggest storyline there, Glenn, is the health of Jaden Daniels. By the time a lot of people listen to this, maybe tonight or tomorrow or on Saturday, we're going to know, have a maybe more concrete answer on this. But just kind of this quarterback position, what it's going to look like heading into Saturday. I mean, you're facing a Florida team that's going to be missing arguably their best player and one of their middle linebackers, uh, defensive linemen. That's what really kind of three key injuries. You can uh, take a look at that Behind Enemy Lines podcast over on the YouTube channel or in your podcast feeds that we sat down with Jacob Rudner about. But, you know, if it's Garrett Nussmeyer, you still feel confident about this offense to get the job done against a Florida defense that it really struggles uh, at times. Glenn, your thoughts on what it looks like. And, you know, it, we like to say it's not all one guy. Jaden Daniels has been kind of that one guy. But there's it still feels like there's enough pieces to elevate Nussmeyer uh, and I'm not saying Nussmeier's not good. What I'm saying is he's just not Jay Daniels right now. Nussmeier's still a very good football player. Kind of your thoughts on the quarterback position. What And maybe what do you expect to happen? When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Jaden's going to be, um, you know, continue to be evaluated here. I mean, when we're recording this, it's on Thursday afternoon before we get a final update from BK. So, you know, we'll we'll preface this by saying that I think that they're doing everything that they can to get Daniels ready. Daniels is pushing very hard to play in this game. And if he's cleared, I would expect him to play. And, you know, mm-hmm. I expect him to play well. I mean, he, he probably he doesn't get the whole week of preparation in terms of snaps and reps that he – would probably prefer, and I'm sure LSU would probably prefer, but if that guy's healthy enough to play, you're not sitting him on the bench. And and so I, yeah. I, I think that uh, that, you know, that's what we'll learn a little bit more. And, and if not, then it'll probably be a game time decision kind of thing. But, you know, if this does be and wind up being a situation where it's going to be nuts, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of confidence that he can do the job. You know, he hasn't had a whole ton of opportunities where we've been able to see him, uh, throw the ball in terms of uh, just an extended period of time where, you know, LSU hasn't, you know, they've the, the couple other times he's had chances this year outside of Alabama, it was, you know, blowout city against Grambling mm-hmm. and uh, you know, army and some of these other teams that they were way, way ahead of at the time. So you can't really judge him on that. I don't think you can really judge him on the fourth quarter either last week against Alabama. You know, they moved the ball down one time. They weren't able to score, but um you know, the 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 thing here that I have with Nuss is that they he, he is a very capable thrower. He's got a very strong yeah. arm. And and the thing here that you're gonna really learn if he does in fact get the start is just what this could look like next year. I mean, like, you know, you 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 probably you won't have Malik neighbors. Uh, I think the the jury's still out on Brian Thomas. I would be um 
you know, I don't want to say surprised if he leaves, but I would be, you know, uh, you, you, there's there's re- there's reason to believe here if Brian Thomas came back, he could really help himself in, in next year and in, in having a kind of being that clear cut number one guy. Uh, but but NFL teams are also going to fall in love with the size and the potential and, mm-hmm. and everything that he's done this year. So, um, you know, the, I, I, it, he, he could very well leave as well. But yeah, there's there's a lot of pieces here, though, that are still kind of in place. I mean, you're going to have most of your offensive line intact for next year. You're going to have obviously Mason Taylor and that tight end room is going to be a year older. Uh, running back room is going to be look really strong with guys like Caleb Jackson and potentially Logan Diggs and Trey Holly and whatever mixture of players come back from those other guys. But um, this is going to be a good test, I think, for Nuss, uh, for Nussmeyer in terms of just um, – what he has to work with weapon wise next year, what, uh, you know, just getting some on field experience with some of these guys, I think is going to be really beneficial for him. And um, so if, if he does start, I expect him to play well. And like he's mentioned, Florida has been um, not very, not great defensively this year. So like they, 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 there are some holes that they'll be able to attack. I would expect their game plan to not change a whole ton, uh, you know, just maybe you don't call as many quarterback design runs. I mean, that's probably mm-hmm. the only thing that you kind of illuminate from the game plan. But Nuss is very capable of throwing the ball downfield. He hits the intermediate routes. You know, he's been working on that uh, really for the last year of get becoming more accurate in those uh, short and intermediate routes. And I think that he's done, um, you know, a good job of, of kind of improving as a quarterback. And so now we'll get a chance uh, if he is called upon to, to really see what he's got in a, in a full-time start. You know, it seems like the same preview podcast every single week. We talk about what LSU could do offensively, and now, Glenn, we move over. Can this defense prove something over the final three games? It starts this weekend. You know, you look at Florida from a bird's-eye view. They've got Graham Mertz, who's been efficient but not necessarily explosive uh, as a quarterback. I think he's been a good game manager for them at times, but he's also been a guy that when they needed to really move down the field quickly, uh, they – he, he's not maybe not the best fit for them. Uh, they've got two running backs, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne there, uh, who've just been very, very, uh, you know, just two guys that I think when you look at what they're able to do, it's physical Billy Napier style football. Uh, and, and that's what they like to do. Your thoughts on this defense heading into Florida. I'll, I'll preface it with this. Ovia Gofu talked a lot about communication being the issue. And I know fans take an issue with that, Glenn, because it's like it's a week 11. Like, how is communication still a problem? I think it's a well-warranted question. And to coach to player, look, we don't want to dive in and, you know, get too critical here. I mean, it's our job, but, you know, you don't want to get too overcritical. That's, to me, that's not acceptable to have still have those issues, uh, you know, 11 weeks into the football season. Yeah, it's not. And I wish I had a good answer in terms of why that's been the case. But yeah. I mean, I, I, unless you're in that locker room, I don't really know why the communication has been as poor as it's been. But, um, you know, I, I 11 weeks in, you, you kind of are what you are as a defense. I don't think there's any kind of, um, you know, m- you know, drastic improvement that you can make. I think probably the the biggest thing that I could say here is that, uh, you know, Mertz is not necessarily your runner's kind of quarterback, which has been the big bugaboo for this front seven all season. You know, they this is not a very mobile guy. Um, so there, there's going to be some opportunity, I think, to get some pressure on him, maybe force him into some bad throws. But um, it really starts with Florida with the run game. And like you mentioned, ATN and Johnson, those guys are pretty consistent um, mm-hmm. at, for them in terms of making dynamic plays. Um 
But, you know, look, I, I think probably the biggest thing here that Florida's going to try to do is they're going to try to get that run game going early um, because one of the strengths of Mertz has been the play-action pass. I mean, I was yeah. talking with, with Jacob some uh, for our uh, other behind-the-lines segment that we do from a writing perspective, and he said that he's been very good in play-action. Um, you know, they've, 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 they've done a nice job of kind of opening up short and intermediate routes when they've been able to get the run game going, and he's been very efficient in converting on those kinds of plays. Um, but, you know, look, the one area that they've really struggled in is also an area the LSU defense has really struggled in, which is getting off the field on third down. Um, mm-hmm. you know, coming into this game, uh, LSU and its three losses has allowed opponents, and I did the math this morning and was a little bit depressed by it, but uh, they have allowed Florida State, Ole Miss, and Alabama to go 29 and 44 on third down. That's almost 66% wow. on third down. Um, for the season, they are giving up 46.6%. Uh, which is 122nd in the country, not very good uh, at all. Uh, and then, but the opposite side of this is that Florida has also really struggled on third down themselves. They're third, uh, mm. they're they're 100th in the country right now in third down conversion at just under 36%. Um, so something's going to have to give this weekend. One, either one team's going to be moving the ball down the field with relative consistency, or LSU is going to be sprinting off the field on third down. Uh, like they just won a national championship or something. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting to see which one of those things gives. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's gonna come down to can they improve their run fits? Can they kind of slow ATN and Johnson down early in the game? Kind of force them to maybe be more uh, one dimensional with Mertz throwing those short and intermediate routes, uh, and then being able to finish off plays, tackle, do your job, all that stuff we've been hearing for ten weeks now um that it, that has showed up in, in in spots but just not nearly as consistently as you yeah. need to um that's going to be the big the big key here is them getting off the field on third down giving more opportunities to the offense and if they do that i mean they'll they'll win this game pretty handily but i just again much like with the alabama game i don't have much faith that they're going to be able to to do that as consistently as as maybe some others believe yeah Two other names to watch for Florida that, I mean, you kind of have to wonder how LSU's going to match up. Ricky Pearsall, who's been a playmaker, former teammate of Jaden Daniels out at Arizona State. And then a true freshman for them that has been a nice surprise, Trey Wilson, Eugene Wilson the third. Uh, man, he had a big game. I believe he's coming off a performance or performance where he was either SEC Player of the Week this past weekend or before uh, in freshman in the freshman concerns. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, going for 100 catches this year, and that which is just about over 45 percent of their passing uh, production this year. They've they've done a nice job. Those two, they're, they're, those are the two key guys you got to focus in on uh, from a receiver perspective. Yeah, Glenn, we'll end it with this. We typically go final thoughts here, but for this week's final thoughts segment, um, you give me a player that you're just intrigued that you might be locked in on. I've got one in mind, but I'll let you go first uh, because hopefully we're not have the same one. But who's a guy that you're maybe going to be watching a little bit closer, Uh, maybe aside from the Jane Daniels of the world or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, we, we, we talked with Kyron Lacey. That might be one guy that, 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 that would really make a lot of sense. He's you know had two touchdowns in the last three games. Um, but for me, I'm already kind of looking into like the future and what the next yeah. year's roster could really look like. And so, um, you know, I would really love to see on the defensive side of the ball with weeks. I mean, I know we've, 
been pounding that name all season long from the media perspective of just getting him out there as an athlete. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think there's enough reps you could give him at this point in the season that he won't be yeah. able to take and, and really learn from and grow from. Um, so I'd really like to see him. Um, but then on the offensive side of the ball, probably be a little bit boring and I'll, I'll go with Brian Thomas. I mean, I think these last three games in particular are going to be really uh, important for him. I mean, he hasn't exactly popped off in some of these games recently. Um, mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's been pretty much the Malik neighbors show. And then you've worked in Brian Thomas and Kyron Lacey from a passing perspective. But um, when he came out like gangbusters, these first six weeks, it was like, man, there's no stopping this guy. Um, but, you know, the last couple games, you know, Army and Auburn and and certainly Alabama last week, he I wouldn't say he disappeared, but he just didn't have the impact that he's had at other times this season that have made you Very believe he, he's great, great, you know, one two punch that this is. So I think if there's any chance that LSU has in terms of holding on to him for next year, uh, I don't want to say he has to have a really poor last three games because I don't think that's something you ever really want to wish on a player. But um, I think that, you know, the the, the game plan here is going to be to get him involved and try to see what uh, what they could have next year, whether that's with Nuss under center or with Jaden under center. I think that, um, you know, leaning into him a little bit more down the stretch would be a, a real benefit not only for him but also for LSU if they think they might have a chance at getting him back next year as the clear club. Uh, the clear cut number one guy. So uh, I'll say those two guys are the ones that I'm going to be watching most. Yeah. I'm going to hone in on one guy. It was one guy that we wanted to watch last weekend and, you know, held up, I think fairly well for really his first kind of full experience. It's JV and Tobiano. I've got an eye towards the future with him, Glenn. I think he has the, the raw talent, the raw ability to be a big piece for this defense next season. And look, you're going to be playing at home uh, for Tobiano. It's a guy that came in highly touted, you know, maybe this is a chance for him to gain some confidence. We mentioned the matchups, you know, Trey Wilson and Ricky Pearsall. Those are not easy matchups by any means, but it's it's maybe a proving ground over the next three games to say, hey, you know, when you're looking at the portal, Coach Kelly, yes, I know we got to add some guys, but I can be a guy that you can maybe hopefully count on as we get into spring ball next year. So I'm going to go JV and Toviano. And then offensive line-wise, or offensive-wise, I'm going to watch Charles Turner because that was something that, you know, People, I think, maybe give a pass to the struggles up front that LSU had because it's Alabama, it's Tuscaloosa, one of the best environments in college football. You know, whether you're an LSU fan or not, you got to admit it was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. But they were having these problems at home, you know, against Auburn and Army at times. And so is this something that is, you know, strictly, and I asked Garrett Dellinger that, strictly there. Dellinger, you know, in the uh, man of few words, and Garrett Dellinger said he just kind of thought it was that. But I think that's something to watch as well. Can they build maybe – uh, back up some of that confidence up front that they uh, maybe lost in some of the snap infractions and just kind of those mental errors. But like Brian Kelly said, it's all the little things you have to do to become elite. So, hey, it's going to be a fun game, though. Florida, LSU, this one, Glenn, is a game where you kind of throw the records out each and every single year because this is always kind of a wild, wacky one. Last year, obviously, this game, man, it really felt like it was the turning point for LSU's season to go on the road yeah. to Gainesville. And, uh, you know, a Florida team that, I don't want to say Billy Napier is coaching for his job by any means, but Florida needs some confidence. And you know they're going to come in knowing they need a win uh, to really kind of build back up their confidence as their season ends. And LSU trying to get to double-digit wins 
for the second straight season in a row. For Glenn West, my name is Bryce Kuhn. Hey, thanks so much for listening, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you might be listening. If you're on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, set up the notifications as well. We'll have an instant reaction on Saturday night, I should say, maybe the wee early mornings of, of uh, Sunday morning. And then uh, we'll, we'll catch you back next week as we continue to rock and roll with this season. It's still a lot going on, folks. Recruiting, everything. Make sure to check us out at go247.com.